I'm gonna do like. What am I supposed to do? The opposite version of that? This is so dumb. We will look really cheesy. I'm Steven. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of the Steven and Kevin Show, we're gonna discuss the 12 benefits of social media for financial advisors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 92 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. And today is part one of a two-part series on the 12 benefits of social media marketing for financial advisors. Yeah, and today we're going to cover some of the, the many benefits, six of the many benefits of social media, because we get asked pretty often, what, what impact will this have on our practice? And sometimes people, uh, people view social media in so many different ways. You know, we get some people who call us and think it's going to be the absolute saving grace of their practice. Right. That perhaps they haven't brought in any business or perhaps it's a brand new establishment and they think this is going to be what fills that pipeline. I put the perfect amount of, uh, of dollars at the top of that funnel in the right target market and all of a sudden, big producer. Right. And we're not there yet, right? So, and other people see no value in social at all and they're completely wrong. So yeah. we think that the vast majority of people ought to view it in the proper context, which is number one, it's gonna help you amplify all of your current marketing. It's gonna help you enhance your existing client relationships. And yes, it can help you develop top of mind awareness and develop new lead flow through digital means. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's not that you can't bring in new clients via social media, you absolutely can, but sometimes I, I think advisors are so short-sighted with it, right? Like it's like, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm on social media now, but this month, in my first month on here, I really didn't get any new leads. What's going on? Or it, it takes a lot of work. It does. It takes a lot of work in a long time. And we've seen that firsthand in our business that when we started in social years and years and years ago, it was so speculative at that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that those networks, you didn't see value in it, but it was just like, we didn't get squat for business from it in the right. early years. But over time, now it's like predominantly the way we get business. It's like the number one way. And we our business model is a different, a different model than yours, obviously. But when you look at how it works for financial advisors, the reason I bring that up, Kevin, I think uh, in terms of not expecting it to, to cure all that ails your business. This was, we get people that call us for that sometimes. And I, I had a guy last week who called in, sorry for listening, uh, but he was launching a brand new practice. Brand, a brand new, brand practice, new. Changing careers and launching a practice. And in talking with him, I just got the perspective that he thought he was gonna grow leaps and bounds in his first year. And his whole marketing plan was social media funnels. And, and that was it. Right. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble. I'm not trying to convince you not to get into the industry, but I would, I would rather you have a more balanced game plan mm -hmm. than putting all your eggs in any one basket. So anyway, I, I want to cover uh, today, we want to cover the first six of these benefits of social media for financial advisors. And uh, can I kick it off? Yeah, go for it. Number one, uh, I'm sure we could do that with some sound effects that are a lot Yeah, better. hopefully, hey Dave, put in a little bit of a little drum. Make later. it sound like I just have drumsticks for fingers here. Uh, but number one is to build top of mind awareness. So really what we're looking for is that when somebody in your marketplace thinks financial advisor, that they're thinking of you. Mm -hmm. This is not a new objective. Awareness has been around since the beginning of advertising. And it's hard to argue the importance of it because you've seen every big brand focus on it. Thankfully, with the advent of social media and advertising through these channels, posting through these channels, it's not nearly as expensive as it once was. It's not. Um, to, to me, this one, the top of mind awareness is about putting out content. 
right? It, it's it's creating content on a regular basis uh, and you know putting it out there, whether it's you know just branded graphics or whether it's video or whether it's article based or whether it's podcast, but it's doing this on a regular basis, posting it through these channels, being connected or, or running ads to get in front of the right people. But it's that constant, it, it's, it's this uh, constant drip that when the timing is right, they think of you because why? Because they've been seeing you, right? They can't get away from you, yeah. right? And that's not a bad thing anymore. Exposing yourself to this market is a really positive thing. So, you know, to Kevin's point, let's say you're putting out really robust and, and, and great content, better than your competitors in the marketplace. And especially on Facebook, you're willing to put some advertising dollars behind that. And you don't have to get super fancy with that. Mm -hmm. Even boosting posts will suffice. Boosting posts has gotten better over the years, but you do want to pay a little bit of money to make sure that you get some widespread traction. Thankfully, awareness is the cheapest objective on Facebook or any network for that matter. It's a whole lot cheaper to get awareness in your circles than it is to get engagement or conversion. But we think awareness is one of these things that shouldn't just be at the launch of a brand, mm -hmm. right? So we're launching Oxley 2.0. Yeah, awareness would be a given. You need to make sure everybody knows what Oxley 2.0 is, for example. But for established brands, like for our marketing sake, we want to make sure that more and more new financial advisors, insurance agents, other professionals are being exposed to the Oxley brand. So when the time is right for social media advice, for coaching of the general nature, they know and they think Oxley. Right. Right? Exactly. Yeah, so that's a huge benefit. Now, the building awareness, like I like what Stephen said, it's not just the launch of a brand. That is going to be something that you just you probably shouldn't stop doing, right? You just you just constantly you run that because you want to be in front of the right people. So think about I'm sorry, just, no, just to ahead. get off on this tangent for a second, but with boosting posts, many of you, if you haven't done that in a long time, boosting posts is like the easiest way to advertise on Facebook. And I narrow my focus to that because on LinkedIn, you really don't have the ability to easily make sure that a post gets widespread distribution. And on LinkedIn, you have more organic reach anyway. So when you post something, more people see it on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But within Facebook, if you want people to see it, you've got to give Facebook a little bit of money. I mean, they're kind of like the bully that shakes you down and they're like, you really want people to see that? Yeah, it's give us a, a few dollars. Play, man. Give us yep. your milk money it, it if really you want is. people to see it. It is. So um, within that structure, you take some of your best posts for the month. And maybe some of you are leveraging our content that we make available. Quick, subtle plug there. Uh, but whatever content you have, take your best content of the month boost that post, not in general, like you would have done a few years ago, where it was kind of a dumb bum way to say, spread it further, Facebook. Right. Now you can take a very selected audience that says, let's make sure it hits people in the 55 to 65 demographic who are employed in a certain industry, who live in a certain radius, and who've shown interest previously in 401k articles. Right. Right. I mean, you can get pretty fancy with it and it doesn't take a lot of time or energy. Absolutely. Um, number two is showcase thought leadership, right? It's being seen as someone who is an expert you know, in your particular field. So it, it, to me, this ties really into, into number one as well, but this is a huge benefit. I mean, thought leadership with prospective clients, sure, right? And all, with existing clients, definitely. With centers of influence, definitely, right? Because you're putting out content through social that just says, I know what I'm talking about. This is my expertise, right? And, you, and the deeper the content, the better. Yeah, we used to say, you know, years ago, I remember us telling people, don't waste a lot of time on custom writing stuff. You know, like, right. This is, know, people I mean, would come to us and our general advice would be like, you've got a whole lot more important things to do than be writing or shooting your own videos or writing your own book or what have you. And I still think maybe that's not the right path for a lot of people out there. But from a uh, writing a quick blog, from a sh uh, recording a podcast, a video, shooting a video yeah. those are things that are super powerful right now because of the distribution that you have available. Mm -hmm. You know, Before it would be like you spend all this time writing something and not that many people would see it. Now you can write something and get a whole lot more traction on something that you've personally written than you would on something that you find elsewhere. Yeah. So 
when you think about thought leadership, you can have people build trust in your expertise before they've ever met you. You know, you're, you're so right. Uh, and you, the, the question that we get from advisors is, well, okay, well, what kind of content should I be putting out there? Like, what makes sense right now? Well, what do you already know about? Like, you, it's not like you have to go out and learn some new skill. Like, think about things that you already know and putting that into whatever media format you're most comfortable with. Also, think about the common questions that you're getting from clients right now and turning those into little sound bites of content that you're putting out on a regular basis. And again, I'm telling you, you do this over time. This is a long-term play, but over time, people will start seeing you as an authority in that space. Yeah, so it, it's interesting for us, and Kevin, you spoke about how do you find content? Like, what, where do you find the topics? Like when we're prepping for this show, you know, we're, we're thinking, what have you been talking about lately? Exactly. What have I been talking about yep. lately? And, and that's, that's generally where it comes from. And your narrative right now, I'm sure, has shifted over the course of this year with clients, taking some of that from a one-to-one -one relationship and getting more exposure to your broader community with it. We think it's one of the biggest benefits of social. Uh, third, providing social proof. Now that one might sound like you got that in a, what, a case study somewhere, social proof. That's a great buzzword. It there. sounds like a, like a, the Cialdini principle. Here's right? what I, here's the role that I think that plays. I think, uh, when you think about word of mouth, like word of mouth isn't going away mm -hmm. and it'd be easy to say, well, with the influx of social media at some point, you know, word of mouth isn't going to be the case. And you're like, you're not going to really need that. Uh, but it, but it's not that way. Word of mouth is just changing. Right, so word of mouth in its most traditional shape when there was no digital involved before PCs, before the internet, was just me telling this person about you as the service provider. And that still happens, that's not going away. But now, more and more of our interactions with brands are happening online and done in public view. So if I'm the, the consumer, if I'm the affluent investor in town and you're my financial advisor, the fact that I interact with you online, that I've liked your page, that I've engaged with you on commentary on my post, that's word of mouth. That's telling my circles, I know this guy, he's decent, right? That's all the social proof that, that we, or, or, or word of mouth that I need as your friend, right? To know that Steven cares about that brand or, or he thinks that that brand does a really good job. Right? Yeah, exactly right. So when you're thinking about that, it, it's uh, social proof comes in two flavors. The one-to-one -one aspect of it that, that Kevin's friend sees that he's interacting with me, the financial advisor. And I think that's very, very valuable. And the other aspect of social proof is when I accumulate a lot of that. So if Kevin and 300 of my other clients have all gone on and followed my Facebook page, connected with me on LinkedIn, subscribed to my YouTube channel, when somebody goes to look me up, they see me with a whole lot more credibility than they would somebody who uh, has no presence, there has true? no profile photo, has a very uh, beginner look at, at, to all their pages. Yeah, wh whether they want to or not, they make those snap decisions, right? Or, or they make a... Um... I wouldn't say a decision, but a, what word am I looking for, Stephen? Well, if I was looking at two profiles and somebody's was non-existent and the other was like this really robust, I look it up and you've got all these videos, you've got all these people who like it. It's like, it like seems a, like a safer choice, yeah, right? It's like, a, it's a, they, they're judging you. And I know that sounds weird, but that's, that's kind of what they're doing. Even, even if they say they're not, right? They are absolutely by that follower count. Now, we're thinking, I was going to say though, I, I do want to mention this, like, when you think about social proof, I've seen advisors fall victim to this where they say, well, I want to have a lot of social proof on my Facebook business page and they buy likes and they, and, and I go to their page and I'm like 20,000 likes. Wow. That's amazing. And I, if I'm talking to a prospective client, I'll be, and I know it's fake. Right. And I can tell they just get real quiet real quick about it, man. How'd you get 20 and look at the engagement. 
on those posts that's basically nothing, but they had <laughs> it's some company in India who they paid five dollars for and they got you know twenty thousand likes overnight and they're fake. And people, I mean, I, I I do think years ago the consumer wasn't savvy enough to see through it. I think now they see through it immediately. Yeah, it, it's just not a smart strategy. And we explored it in the early days. We were like, we did. We did one time. Like we were like ten you know, years ago. Or ten years ago, we were like, you know, we should buy some followers. So easy, and we did, and we regretted it immediately. We had to go into our channel and get rid of them all. Yep. It's just dumb, you know? So when you look at someone's profile, if they've got thousands of connections or they've got thousands of followers on Facebook and no interaction on their post, it tells you something they bought. They did, and I'll tell you the other problem with it um, is, so, so whenever you post a piece of content on Facebook, right, and you're getting no engagement from all these fake followers, Facebook says this content sucks and we're not gonna show it to anyone else anyway. Right. So it really hurts your overall like organic reach, even though organic reach is like almost non-existent now, but it makes it truly non-existent when you have a bunch of fake followers. Okay. So can I, I yes. have one, one final point yes. that was top of mind for me here. So when you're thinking about social proof, I, I was thinking about this last night. I was looking for a new coffee maker and uh, I'm online and I'm looking at all the different options there and they all look kind of awesome, right? Mm -hmm. You look at them and you're like, man, this thing's got this automatic feature. This one's got, and you're looking at them, they all look like rocket ships now, right? And you're comparing them. But then what I found myself doing is we all do is looking at the reviews. Yeah. You look at the uh, you know number of reviews and the quality of those reviews, and you look across the spectrum, and you're like, that's how word of mouth works nowadays. It, it does, right? So I can look at one and say, well, that's a pretty safe play. They've got four thousand reviews, and everybody thinks this thing's kind of awesome. Versus this one that looks pretty fancy, but half the people think it stinks, mm -hmm. right? So what's the word of mouth? It's just it's a little different. Word of mouth. Yeah. It's just a little different. Number four, target friends of clients and and so this is really more of a, a facebook strategy as well you know, one of the things that you can do is run an ad to what's called friends of likers so hypothetically let's say that you reach out you you encourage clients to like your facebook business page it's great it's, it's a smart strategy you should do that you invite them to, to like the page they go in and like it you have a couple hundred who follow your page now what you can do is run an ad for friends of likers where you're going to show up to their friends and not only are you gonna show an ad in their friends' feeds, but it's also going to show the client who likes your page. So I know that seems abstract, but here's how it works. Let's say Steven likes the Wall Street Journal, right? He goes on Facebook and he likes it. Wall Street Journal now shows Kevin an ad that says Stephen Boswell likes the Wall Street Journal. It's like, oh, okay, Stephen likes it, right? That, it, it's, it's another way of social proof. It's the closest thing you'd ever get to like an endorsement. Uh, and it's smart money because the truth is, is that most of your new business, a lot of it is going to come just one person removed, mm -hmm. right? It's going to come, you know, a client, you know, who knows someone, right? It's a lot of that word of mouth. This is forcing the hand of word of mouth a little bit by running ads to friends of lifers. Yeah, I think it's so cool because, you know, let's say in that hypothetical that um, I'm, I'm a financial advisor and I'm sending ads to the friends of those who like my page. Yeah. So essentially, I'm sending ads to the friends of my clients. And one thing I can do, linking back to what we talked about with thought leadership, is just include, these don't all have to be overt pitches. No. Work with me, work with me, work with me. I can warm them up through educational content. Exactly. So if I've got some great video content, I drop that in front of my clients' friends over the course of months and years. Now, when my name comes up, they're like, oh yeah, I know, I know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Seems pretty Ex sharp. Exactly. And it looks like they're endorsing that content. It's, it's such, a, such a great strategy. Okay, number five of six today. Number five is increasing website traffic. Now we do a fair amount of website work here at Oxley. We, we got into it a few years ago. And we said, you know what, we can build websites. We've mm -hmm. got a team now who, who does a really, really uh, great job at that. And what we try to counsel people on is when you start a new website, it doesn't just get traffic on its own. 
It may be based on people who look you up directly, and that's that's all well and good. You want that number to grow as well, but you've got to drive some traffic there. And social media is the most inexpensive, uh, the least expensive way to do it. So a big part of an engagement campaign, we talked earlier about the power of awareness, making sure people know who you are. Engagement would be, we want them to take some action. We want them to watch your video, or we want them to go to your website. Why? Because we can then retarget them, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But we, when we want to drive traffic to our site, part of the reason is we want people there and surfing around, that they might start by watching this video or reading this article on our site, but then they might venture out and look at the About Us page. They might look at our services. They might go around and explore. You never know what they do until you get them there. Yeah, exactly. And so when you're thinking about this, you're thinking Facebook, you know, ads as, you know, with, with a traffic objective and you're thinking about LinkedIn feed ads, like those would be kind of two of your main uh, objectives for running or, or Google ads too. I mean, it's a way to directly well. influence. If you look at your Google analytics and you're thinking, yeah, it always looks the same. It's always kind of pathetic. Yes. It's probably not your website's fault. Right. It's, it's definitely not your website's fault. Right. Your website just is there. It's getting sent the traffic from somewhere. It's either your fault for not having enough people who want to look you up in the community or your social media efforts fall to where you're not driving enough traffic there. Got it. That's the easiest way to directly influence it. And I will say, in terms of the cost per objective, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive than just making people aware of you on social, but not that much more. I mean, it's going to cost you not a whole lot of money to get an individual user to your site with an article. That, that's right. I mean, and you're just going to give them that article too, right? You're not putting it behind any sort of lead capture form. Uh, I think carousel ads on Facebook, by the way, will work really well if you're trying to lower that cost per landing page view, um, like a carousel of various blogs, so someone could actually swipe through and pick one that's pertinent to them. Okay, number six of this episode is retarget your prospects. Stephen hinted at it. The ability to have you know, Facebook pixel installed on your site, right? Um, LinkedIn, what is it? Is it the tag LinkedIn insights tab? Is that what it's called? It's the equivalent of the Facebook pixel, right? But the ability to drive people to your site, which is great. And now follow them around the web, right? To when they're back on Facebook, now they're seeing your ads. It's, it's helping you warm up an audience and get them even more familiar with you. So if you think about it, almost like a little bit of a filtering approach, Imagine running ads with an article. Let's say it's an article on social security, okay? You're just gonna run a bunch of ads, like going back to the number five here on the website traffic, we're gonna drive a ton of traffic to our site. It's a little bit of a filter. If you're willing to read this article, you're interested in this article on our site, now I'm gonna show you another ad. This time I'm gonna give you, um, offer a white paper on that very topic, and it's gonna be a little bit more of an ask, because now I'm gonna want an email or a phone number. So. Again, you're warming them up. And that's not the first time they're seeing you. The first time they're seeing you is not give me some of your information. This is now the second or third or fourth time that they're seeing you. And it just takes a little bit of time. Now, you can retarget people on LinkedIn or Facebook for up to 180 days. Mm. So and once they visited your site, that's why it's so valuable to work in sequence for some of this stuff. Like it, it's awareness, engagement, then conversion. Yeah. And the sequence matters because if you drive enough engagement and people to your site, you're building that warm audience that you can retarget for conversion. And the, the whole, you know, if that sounds like I'm speaking Greek here, the whole point of it is that warm audience is cheaper to get to complete a lead form than a cold audience. Exactly. It's cheaper. The like, cost per conversion. Take it to the bank. Yep. It's cheaper. So yep. you want to build your presence with awareness. You want to get some engagement on your site or through your videos so that you then have the ability to convert some of these people and to get their email address. So then you've gone from a space where I've got to pay Facebook to be able to get in front of people to where now 
I got your email. Right. I can be in front of you whenever I want. Yeah. And that's owned space. You have that list indefinitely. So that's the long game that we're playing in social media. It's not a long game because we run a social service and we want you to be part of the program forever. It's the game of reality. It's the game of it's how so it true. works, right? Yeah, it's so true. Uh, so uh, those are the first six. got six more next episode. So we're, we're looking forward to getting through those. But, you know, everybody's in a different place in their journey towards social media. Some people just getting started. Some people say, COVID's my excuse. I got to get more into this stuff. Some people have been at it for a long time. Take it one month at a time. Continually refine your presence and you'll continually see more results.